Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How are you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we once again get to sing the praises of the man, the myth, the legend. We thank him every week, but this week I'm delighted to welcome the Nick Sandy back to the podcast. Welcome, Nick. Flourish. <laughs> what an intro. Wow. Wow. What an intro. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. It really has. I'm so glad you were able to come back and join us for this, uh, this episode of our wrap up. I am so honored to to be on this episode. I was telling my wife, Alex, you know, I was like, I'm doing the podcast again. She's like, oh, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, oh, we're doing like the wrap up of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And she was like, wow, that's like kind of a big deal. I'm like, I know. I was like, do you guys want someone else? Like <laughs> someone like uh, you can like cross promote with or something? No, do you want Nick, just Nick Sandy? Okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> just Nick Sandy. Just, just, I was going to say, just Nick Sandy. <laughs> you, you have become our mic drop. Like, I think about that every time, and I don't think we've ever told this story on the podcast, but I think I scared Jude a little bit because I had mentioned that I was texting you about it, and I forgot to follow up with Jude that you were like, oh, that's so funny. So I think for like a week or so, Jude was genuinely worried we annoyed you. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I was like, uh, I think we even mentioned something in about one of the intags about us just having to hum. <laughs> the, the theme song as you pull in the theme song from us. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, the, there's uh, there's me, there's Nedge, there's, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, but we should all like pool together and see who gets um, mentioned the most out of, out of everybody. <laughs> Who's the other, who has the other podcast, the other MCU podcast? What's her name? Tara. Tara. There Tara, was an idea. Yeah, there was yeah. an idea. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's Leech out there. Leech, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and friend Daniel friend now. Daniel, he's yeah. catching up. Yeah. Friend Daniel yeah. has taken off so much that he has changed the name in the Discord to Friend Daniel. And, and yes. yeah. we were we were talking about it. I believe Brandy Elise has joined our Discord mm -hmm. and they specifically called him Friend Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, there was like, are you that Daniel? Are, were you on, on There Was an Idea podcast too? He's like, yes, that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, so, you know, uh, we brought you on because we wanted to do this wrap-up of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but since it's been some time uh, since your last appearance, I think it'd be cool if you could give, like, a brief overview of what you thought of WandaVision, just kind of a general uh, reception to that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The first two episodes, when I got to the second episode, I think I texted you, Trey, and I was like, mm -hmm. um, is... Are we? Is it gonna? Are we? Is this? Is this it? Is this the shtick? Are we just doing this? Is this what we're doing? And I remember like thinking like, man, if something doesn't happen in the third episode, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to stick this out. Like, I don't know if I just want to watch these sitcoms. And then of course, you know, the third episode is where you got kind of the the glimpse into what's going on in the mm -hmm. real real world and stuff. Um, so I, you know, for me, it was kind of a slow start. And you know, those two, first two episodes, I was like, okay, this is. This is fun. I don't know if I want to do this for eight episodes or eight. What is it? Eight episodes? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then the third episode came along and I was like, oh, this is OK. This is really picking up now. It's getting interesting. Like what's going on here? And, you know, obviously, like I was on the, that grain of sand with you <laughs> for, for a little bit towards the end. <laughs> and, you know, having I have a decent amount of comic book knowledge and, you know, um, House of M was one of my favorite like crossover events. And so I had that to go in with. Um, and still was surprised with some of the twists and turns they took. You know, I agreed with some of your guys' um, criticisms of it. You know, like the last episode kind of being like the the big, you know, punch punch out fight, you know, instead of everything. But I do love how it, it came mm -hmm. around, you know, to be 
the villain being grief, you know, and, and they're mm-hmm. not being like that big, yeah. you know, there's, there's not an Ultron, there's not a Magneto, there's not a Thanos, but like this, that internal grief that, that she struggled with and how that just pushed everything. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it was, yeah. they, 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 I think they wrapped it up really nicely leading, uh, giving enough to kind of go forward into multiverse of madness and what's going on in the rest of the MCU. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great. And I mean, um, Elizabeth Olsen is a gem, like just a gem. Right? The way she was oh, able yeah. to oh, to spin yeah. through all those time periods and just like I remember this, I definitely remember texting you, uh, Trey. It was just like that. She's great. Like she just the way she just leaned in and owned every single one of those characters was so good. And I like that way you put it. Every one of those characters because it is so distinct from era to era that. Yes, it was like multiple personalities that she was conveying throughout that series. Yeah. I was going to say, it was funny. <laughs> All the ones you just mentioned at some point were speculated. Maybe. I don't think Thanos, but the rest of them were, <laughs> were speculated on. And it is funny because like, they released the two episodes. And I think originally they were supposed to release the first three. Yes. Hmm. Um, and in that way, I could see where... The plan of like, you get those sitcoms and maybe that alleviates some of that feeling. But I'm I'm glad it actually worked out that way because it mm-hmm. it kind of left that oh what's next feeling rather than just you know jump out of it so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they played in that 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 space of mystery so well, and I think you may lose some of that if you get the first three. And so I'm glad it got spaced out that way. Not only for the story reasons as well. But uh, knowing what we know now of them needing that extra week to finish up some of the things and and still having to cut things in the finale, um, I'm glad they got that extra time to work on the finale. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you, Nick. I know you like Incredible Hulk, right? The the Adore movie? movie. Yeah. 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 And I don't think we've had a chance to talk since the Investor Day. Are you excited for She-Hulk? which I believe is in production now. Yeah, I, I have to say I am just because I like that they're bringing some of these other characters that, you know, are known, but maybe not as well known, especially like the backstory of these characters. And I just, I love kind of that the MCU is expanding like so, so much mm-hmm. um, to, to to be able to like bring some of these lesser known characters in. I think it's really cool. And so, yeah, I'm excited for She-Hulk. Um, I think it's going to be fun, and I like I I like they, they keep teasing Mark Ruffalo is going to be in there too because I think he's great, and I think anytime we get to see more of him is good. Yeah, and I, I that's you know talking about these Disney Plus shows and everything too, like getting to expand other people's knowledge of the comic book universe and pushing people back to comic books. Like even like Trey and I have been talking about uh, splitting a comicsology account just to get a chance to dive more into the comics as well. And yeah, I'm I'm excited yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you you brought up the Disney Plus shows pushing people towards comics because I think that is 100% in effect with me. Uh, you know, for Christmas, Jude gifted me a really awesome, like, hardbound Captain America collection. And uh, I've been reading that a lot uh, ever since WandaVision and uh, Falcon. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I had to get you ready for Falcon and Winter Soldier. You did. <laughs> <laughs> You take that like as I'm, it's like I'm, I'm doing some kind of jab at you. I'm not like. Listen, I I now live my life like I'm watching for trucks overhead from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I would just say that you know Jude was getting you ready for the experience, so it wouldn't hit you like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man. Well. I'm so delighted we have Nick here because before we started recording, Nick has offered his mediating services between Jude and I since uh, 
we're coming off our most heated episode last week <laughs> which uh to it segue so fun <laughs> it was it was it really was well okay i'm retreading what i already told you but i'll go ahead and say it for the podcast when i promoted this on twitter last week i i was like doing like hey our most heated episode yet and it was kind of in jest but having listened back to it i was like oh no we really did get heated <laughs> <laughs> So in advance, Nick, thank you for your mediating that you will have to do during this. <laughs> I'm going to put my psychology degree to work today. <laughs> oh, man. So with that being said, if you've downloaded this episode, you have seen that this is going to be a wrap-up episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So because of the Leech precedent, we are going to go ahead and play our spoiler cue. So after this cue, everything you hear will be fair game for spoilers of everything in the MCU. So, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I really, really hope, Trey, in the edit, you just decide to, like, leave that. <laughs> I'm half tempted. That I'm really so half tempted great. to do it. <laughs> That's so great. See, the thing is, is I've done that once, but we just edit. No one knows until now that I've said it. <laughs> but the fact that you did it, I think... <laughs> we got to keep it. We'll see. I was legitimately caught off guard. I was like, wait a minute. How did we get this into the edit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be good. I've been doing that for like weeks. Just weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I listen to it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm glad you've got practice. <laughs> oh, man. Well, now that we're here uh, in the spoiler zone, uh, as we always do, we want to start with the positives. So the first topic we're going to be tackling is what did you like most about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and which of the episodes was your favorite? So, Nick, if we can start with you, what'd you think? Man, I, I really did like this show. Um, I, you know, I, I like comic book movies that involve punching people like that's fun for me you know that's kind of one of the <laughs> things i really like about uh the mc movies and so to you know right out the gate with that opening sequence with sam and the helicopters like he was for sure punching people mm -hmm. and that was great uh and I, I i really liked that they upped the action for this like it was really great but the thing that i think i liked the most about the show was the way it was shot you know we talked about this a little bit trey like off pod they they did a lot of really interesting things with the way they shot it, how they framed things, thinking about the first episode with the the first scene with Bucky in this therapist's office, they would switch between these this really amazing wide shot of Bucky's head with the trees in the background. Mm -hmm. And the way they framed it, there was all this negative space. So like his head was just in the bottom of the frame and there's all these trees mm -hmm. in the background, which I thought was really a neat just kind of way to frame where he was. You know, he was like kind of lost in this like sea mm -hmm. of, of trees in this forest and then cutting in between that really wide shot to those really intimate shots with the really shallow depth of field where it's just like the eyes and focus of the therapist and of Bucky. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as a photographer, Trey, you know this too, like a lot of times photographers will use uh, shallow depth of field to really isolate the subject and to, mm -hmm. to make you focus on what they, the photographer or cinematographer in this case wants you to see. And they did that throughout like the whole show. And I thought that was really neat because not only is this a show about punching people, which it very much is a show about punching people, but they wanted to remind you subtly and with tricks, with camera tricks, that this is still a story about these characters. And they still mm -hmm. want to isolate mm -hmm. these characters in your field of vision to subtly remind you like this is 
studying these characters and we're going to follow these characters and see them develop as people as they're punching people. Yeah. In the um, assembled documentary, that was something Anthony Mackie mentioned about the uh, uh, approach of the director, Kari Scoglin. Mm -hmm. This, this idea of wanting to take like, yes, it's superheroes, but we want to take out Mackie's word, this machismo and really say, we're going to look at these characters. And I really like how you pointed that out. The, the use of the camera, um, the the choices it made, right, and in, in terms of angles and framing and stuff to really make this. And honestly, I'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit. Where it said, "What'd you like the most about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier overall?" I loved the parts where it was about the character and it felt grounded and at home. Mm-hmm. All this at home stuff, you know, and and I think that you're on to something. And just the way it was shot gave it that homey feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think my answer is exactly in the crossroads of, of both your points, Nick and Jude, where I think the things that worked, uh, or the thing that I liked about it overall was the quiet moments, those moments that made these superheroes feel like real people. Uh, getting to go home with Sam, uh, getting to see Bucky in therapy, or, or or even with Carly and Dovich when they were outside the GRC building and talking about the hopes that they used to have for their future. Mm-hmm. Um, these relatable moments, mm-hmm. like they were really, really good. But I think we often forget at, at times that the MCU is still what you're talking about, Nick. It's punching people. <laughs> it's this action stuff and they mm-hmm. do it really well. And so I think, yes, you can say the action of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is really good. But for me specifically, I want to zone in on, they did an incredible job with defining Sam's Falcon and that on ramp into becoming Captain America. We like, I feel like we saw him develop a fighting style that we've only seen hints at, like in Civil War and a little bit of Winter Soldier. But the way that he used his thrusters uh, to enhance his punches or the way he would use his wings mm-hmm. to spin on the ground to like knock people off their feet, it was genuinely creative and cool throughout this entire season. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so cool. And I remember thinking, like, Going into this, like, you know, Bucky's got this serum and then it was it was obvious in the trailer that like the Flag Smashers had something going on. And like, how yeah. is Sam going to go to toe to toe with these people? And boy, did he ever like mm-hmm. and was he mm-hmm. killed his own better than than Walker did, honestly. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a mix of things, right? Like there's I mean, you get to see that natural progression, right? In terms of like where we see him in Winter Soldier for the first time. We see him joining the team at the end of Age of Ultron for the first time and Civil War. And so you see him progress uh, fighting, you know, powered individuals. Um, and, and so he has a lot of experience to rely on. And I liked how that was that was very much a contrast of like you see, as you mentioned with Walker. Uh, yeah, he had military training and he had the eventually the serum. Um, but it was still just another level uh, that he wasn't ready for. And you yeah. saw that specifically like when they fought the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. Milaje. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a level of, I don't know if I have the right word for it, because obviously Sam, when he attacked, he does, like he goes on the offense sometimes, but there was something where he almost was defensive in the, his fighting style. Uh, and and sp- sticking with that Dora Milaje, so many of the the blows that he was doing, it was more like pushing the Dora off him, not necessarily going after them, which again, probably because they're acquainted and they know each other, but it was a style that it just felt uniquely his own. And I think that also led up into the big fight with Carly, where she's like begging him to fight back. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. So I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. um, thread of his style throughout. Yeah, agreed. 
So do you have a specific favorite episode, Nick? Uh, my favorite episode is uh, episode, oh gosh, four. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's the one. Yeah, whole, whole World is Watching. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I listening to your guys' pod about that one too, like Trey, like listening to you dissect that episode was, I think, you know, um, as your friend, like one of the <laughs> the best episodes of the podcast, even too, to hear you break that whole thing, whole thing down. Well, thank and you. <laughs> <laughs> just because it it was such a, I think like it'll be a defining moment in how these characters move forward, mm-hmm. uh, and and you have to mm-hmm. have those moments. You know, it's why Iron Man three I think works because it's a defining moment in Tony Stark's character. Like whether or not you like that movie or don't, like it's there's defining moments in there that change the character moving forward, and I think that episode had so many of those moments in it that define the characters moving forward uh, and also has one of my other favorite shots too that final shot of john walker uh, that dutch angle of him and he's kind of twitching is is such an amazing way to show to frame that character and frame that ending and frame kind of like the whole thing that had just happened uh, it just left me on the edge of my seat and it was a great way to end that episode and, and great way to tell that part of the story and I, I was like i can't believe this is over i cannot wait another seven days to watch this next episode <laughs> yeah you know I, a, I i just said that was a really good episode and and you're right and that one did leave the same way leave me mm-hmm. just with that uh give it to me now kind of feeling <laughs> dude i I agree with y'all both. It was a really great episode. I think one of the most powerful moments in the MCU. I I was not ready for another episode. I was sitting there, credits just going. <laughs> I couldn't like control myself. <laughs> so, but other than that, I agree with y'all. But I also did want to circle back and say I knew we were great friends just by the fact you you recognize the importance of Iron Man three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so it made me like I just started smiling really big to hear you talk about how great it is. (laughs) But uh, Jude, what about you? Do you have a specific favorite episode? Yes, I do, Trey. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so my favorite episode. uh, (laughs) No, I'm just teasing you. Uh, Honestly, it's hmm. I'm going to go with truth. Um, And the close second is Star Spangled Man. Um, I truth because I think, and, and I talked about it week to week, what I was hoping and wanting to see, um, was Sam and I just wanted more of Sam. Um, and I think truth was as powerful as it was because they put in the work and the slow burn with Sam. Uh, yeah. so, so in that sense, I'm glad they did it that way and I wouldn't change it. But, but that one was my favorite cause it, cause like, that's what I was dying to see. Star Spangled Man, just because we go from in the first episode, the wink to starting right off with Walker. Um, and, and all of a sudden it's like kind of getting taken back, right? With the being humanized, you know, and rather than just a straight. Well, the first time we actually see him right outside of the suit and start to get his backstory, that vulnerability that's there. So I just I really liked the way they use that episode to set him up. So that's a close second. Mm-hmm. That wink. That dang wink. That wink. <laughs> the wink was the original truck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's Trey's new background after the whole no. I was watching. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to remember, I need to share that background on social media because uh, I don't even know if you've seen it, Nick, yet. It's There's no hiding around it. It is straight up. You cannot look at that that uh, background after seeing the whole world is watching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a... It's a picture of Captain America with a blood splattered shield. 
It was a cool visual effect. I didn't realize it was blood at the time. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> now, 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 in reality, yeah, it was probably a cool visual effect, uh-huh. like in reality. But like after that episode, like you can't unsee it. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but um, no, I, I, you know, going with my favorite episode, Jude, we're in the same page with truth. I do like what you're talking about, Star Spangled Man, because it is cool that they were able to. Uh, redivert so much of that feelings I think people had with the wink. Um, so yeah, just to follow up what you were saying, I, I thought that was cool. But for me, I think Truth was one of the most powerful episodes in this entire season. Just because I mentioned it when we did our review, I went from not wanting anything to do with the shield after seeing John, Bucky, and uh, Sam fight for it that you know it just it didn't feel worth it to me. And the fact that they took me from there to the end of the episode where I was crying watching Sam's um, nephews uh, trace Mm -hmm. the star, like that was beautiful storytelling. And if again, starting with the positives, I'm so glad we're here. That moment alone was worth watching the season was episode five. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so, so good. You know, I'm going to talk a lot about, well, this will probably be the last time I talk about it now that I said it, but (laughs) you know, the, the way, you know, just that the whole show was shot and like, just like you said those moments those character moments and i love the i can't remember if you guys talked about this when you guys did the episode but the way that shot is framed in the montage that he's making room on his left Mm. and i love that because that's a huge callback you know yeah um and then that moment with the kids chasing the shield like just those moments that they don't have to show you but they do and it Mm -hmm. it elicits a response in you based on your history with these characters and the trauma that you've gone through in this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to go back and see that. I did not catch that about making that room on his left. Yeah. That is, that is really cool. I'm going to have to, I don't, didn't notice. Yeah. It's when he's running. It's, it's really subtle, but the camera just pans a little bit and you're like, ah, on your left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how that's becoming Sam's mantra. I'm sure as he develops more and we see him more as Captain America, there might be something else that comes through, but you know, we, we know how Steve had I can do this all day with Sam. I mean, if you've been paying attention to social media, they just changed the Captain America handle um, or the the banners in the avatars to be Sam. And the bio says on your left. And it feels mm-hmm. like such um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so succinct to who Sam is, because the way it ends in this finale and uh, the fight scene where one of the officials like, hey, we found one of the, the remaining Flag Smashers in the Hudson. And he's like, can you help? And he says, always. I feel like mm. on your left is the embodiment of that. Like Sam is always there to help, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think that can move us into our next topic, which is uh, what are some lingering threads you hope to see carried on? Uh, Jude, if we want to start with you this time. Uh, lingering thread. Uh, a couple of things. I think I would like to see more of the Flag Smashers mm-hmm. um, because Carly mentioned that she felt like her movement uh, could outlast her, right? And mm-hmm. and so because of that, I'd, I'd like to see uh, more of that. I'm really interested to see more of Zemo. I don't think we're done with him. Like Mm-mm. he was too much fun actually in this in this to to see that side of him. Because mm-hmm. um, to be honest, I mean, as much as we got in Civil War, we didn't get a lot. Um, and so I'd like to see more of him. Um, and and that thread through because they mentioned the raft very specifically and he wasn't mm-hmm. there the first time um yeah. so those two things i'm really really curious to where they take that yeah and you mentioned how they brought him to the raft 
I know I don't have extensive comic book knowledge, but it feels like the raft to Marvel is what Arkham is to Batman. Like, mm-hmm. these are where they put mm-hmm. the villains, but they inevitably always come out of that prison. So yeah. I'm almost positive we will see Zemo again at some point. <laughs> also, isn't Thunderbolt Ross in charge of the raft? He is. That's so, a good point. He is. There you go. Well, it depends on how frustrated Tony made him after watching the light blink. So maybe maybe he hung it up after Civil War. I'm wondering, I do wonder, who all is on the raft? I wonder if, well, no, because I was going to say, uh, is it Adrian Toomes? But we saw trailers. No. Yeah, it's not Adrian Toomes. He's not there, so. Hmm. Huh, good, that's a great question. Abomination, maybe? Oh, that's a really good point. So that, that would be fun to kind of like just trace through the history of the MCU and see if we can pinpoint who else might be in the raft. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Well, you know, circling back to your your other lingering thread with the Flag Smashers, um, it feels, and I'm, again, not extensive comic book knowledge, but it feels like the Flag Smashers might be a potential lingering threat for the MCU. And it feels like that's something the MCU kind of wants to have. Uh, so often mm-hmm. we see mm-hmm. Hydra pop back up, but I almost get the sense there may be some Hydra fatigue. And in, in yeah. place of having Hydra as a continuous and looming threat, you can have something with the Flag Smashers as well. So I think even if the Flag Smashers we've met in this series are gone, having them be a presence lingering would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? You mentioned the the Hydra fatigue. I think that was some of the worry. Go back to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, with sword, uh, yeah. are they gonna just pull a hydro with sword? Um, and then kind of the disappointment of like, well, we've already done this. Why, why do this again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you end up being right with that lingering thread. <laughs> but uh, what about you? Uh, I almost called you lick. Nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a leech. I was. Nick <laughs> makes... <laughs> I was combining lingering and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um you know i you know you're Jude, absolutely zemo um seeing where he's gonna go mm-hmm. and one of mm-hmm. the i think he had the i think personally uh as, as far as any side character he had the best character arc uh just getting him back in everything and seeing him on when he's not in his you know post-traumatic state of mind as he was in civil war like mm-hmm. to see who he was before um and is who he's becoming again uh i thought it was great i really really liked his character arc uh and then um obviously like what's up with sharon carter um <laughs> i i you know I, that's obviously gonna be something um but something that wasn't explicitly mentioned is i really want at least a scene of bucky going back to wakanda yeah 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 I want him to go back and make amends or just to have a couple scenes of them like just ribbing on him or something like that for a mm-hmm. little bit. But I do want to see him go back and, and regain the White Wolf mm-hmm. uh, mantle from them. Mm-hmm. Is this a call for a cameo in Black Panther 2? Is this what we're... Oh, are you throwing down I, that? That would be awesome. That uh, prediction gauntlet, Nick? That would be awesome. <laughs> I... <laughs> I would love that. I think, you know what? Yeah, let's say it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> it's on the All record. Right. All right. Let's do it. All right. Nice. <laughs> this will be so good. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige, super fan. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be t-shirts. We have to have just like small text. Kevin Feige, super fan. <laughs> 
Uh, maybe a year two we'll get sued. Um, hey, you know what? I just have one picture with him holding a mug saying Kevin Feige super fan. If, it's, if he's holding it, should it just say me super fan? Okay. <laughs> we'll make him a – hey, you know what? Here we go. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, we will make you a custom one specifically for you. <laughs> oh, man. So jumping back on topic, Nick, I want to get your permission first because this does involve a very, very minor thing in the making of documentary. Uh, it's an alternate take on something. Do you Are you fine with me saying what it is? Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. So you mentioned uh, potentially seeing Bucky go back and make some amends. Um, mm-hmm. Jude, you pointed this out in our episode review wherever when Io and Bucky mm-hmm. are fighting and she dismantles his arm and she says something in Wakandan and you were you wondered if we would ever find out what it was. Mm-hmm. In the making of documentary, they used an alternate take on that scene, I believe, because yeah. she says something to the extent of boss damn you, which I believe is like a um like a religious figure for the Wakandans. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I know they have their moment where they end up making up uh, because he asked for that favor for Sam's suit. But that's a pretty powerful, like, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, damn you. Like, that's a pretty powerful moment. So to get to see them have some sort of rekindling after that would be really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. He has that tech. And there was that element there of respect, you know, mm-hmm. and. With the eight hours, but then his ability to still be able to call on a favor for Sam mm-hmm. um, and get the yeah. really cool comet accurate suit. I just love that it was comic accurate. But like, but, but be able to get that uh, and call in that favor, you know, it, it just, that relationship's not burnt, you know, and, and it just. Yeah, there's still love there. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it's, Nick Sandy's right. Yeah. Flourish. Flourish. <laughs> He's going to be in Black Panther too. that's so good well you know for me uh my lingering threads that i hope to see carried honestly torres oh i forgot about torres yeah yeah i think the little the very little that torres had he did exceptionally well with and he brought like i don't want to say a level of innocence because that's not quite the right word but there was this almost in all perspective he brought to all of the superhero gig uh, mm-hmm. The way that he, uh, the, like, I mean, one of his very first conversations with Sam when they're at the little coffee shop, he's like, he's speaking about these conspiracy theories in a way that's like, hey, I know this is wrong, but it's kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. Or uh, whenever Sam and Bucky get grounded, uh, Torres is offering that advice to Sam of like, hey, sometimes there's nothing to do until there's something to do. So yeah. there's this, this. Man, I wish I had a better word, but I'm just going to go with it. There's this almost innocence to him that I think would be cool to see explored through the MCU because it's almost like um, uh, an on-ramp to see a character get explored and grow in, yeah. over time. Well, he had his roadie, you know, Iron Man 1, next time, baby, uh, moment. Don't curse him like that. <laughs> well, he did. He did, right? Right. He left the wings. Is how you keep him, right? And in uh-huh. the comic, he's he's takes the, you know, the mantle of Falcon. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask, like, how much you guys are okay with, like, bringing any kind of comic book knowledge in, because I was going to say, 
I thought for sure he was gonna die in the series. Like I thought for sure they were gonna kill him off. Like he mm-hmm. was gonna he's the expendable one, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Right. Even knowing that like in the comics he does take up the mantle for a little bit, but I was like, ah, he's he's done, man. They're gonna kill him so fast. Like yeah. Dude, <laughs> I like that was the one of the first things I talked about with Torres in our our first episode. Like the fact that Sam says, Hey, I'll get you next time on the coffee was like signing his death note. Like I was almost <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I was oh, yeah. almost positive he was gonna die too. <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's a classic move, right? Like you're, we're going to kill, we're going to give somebody reason. Again, just the elements of where this show is really well thought out. Like the, it's the whole Coulson, right? They need something to avenge, but it's spun on its head because you have Lamar and you see what happens with Walker. Whereas if you would have done that with Torres, you put Sam in that position, Hmm. you know? Um, and, And so I'm glad they... I'm with you. I, I was expecting it, but I'm I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> Definitely a lot of potential for Torres here in the future. Well, uh, I think that wraps up our lingering threat, which is going to bring us to our next important topic. Oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. I have one question for, for Nick here. Go for it. On the lingering thread, Steve Rogers, alive or dead? Oh, yeah, good one. Or is he on the moon? Well, that's not an or. He'd be alive if he's on the moon, but okay, that was dumb on my part. <sighs> you know, no one... No one says he's dead. No. Nope. They say he's gone, hmm. but no one says he's dead. Nick, again, since I'm under a lot of heat this week, instead of you joining my island, can I join your island? Because <laughs> I want to believe with you, but I'm not ready to put myself up against the waves of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, for me, like I said, I would love to see Old Man Cap again, mm-hmm. right, in the MCU uh just for me i feel like he's dead uh but you're right there's it was never explicitly stated mm-hmm. it, it's almost written in a we can go either way like if they want steve rogers dead they've done enough service to like oh yeah he's dead or if they want to bring him back like oh no we never said he was dead so mm-hmm. they're kind of they're playing right. both lanes also if we're doing like secret wars and secret invasion yeah ah, there's like there's so much twists and turns that could be done yeah that i feel like just like you said trey like that door has to kind of be left ajar a little bit mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah most definitely good call jude i uh, i'm glad you brought that up uh i can't remember if we put this call out call to action out in any of our previous episode but uh if any of you listening want to chime in at mc need to know on twitter it'd be really cool to see where people lie on this is steve rogers dead notion oh yeah thrilled to know where people are at mm-hmm Well, now, with our lingering threads wrapped up, we can move on to our next topic, which is, what are the biggest disappointments of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Um, Trey, I think it's your turn to go first. It really is. It's your turn to go first. (laughs) And I I hate it. We couldn't have planned this better. (laughs) I didn't mean to. Oh, man. I texted Jude. I was like, I don't want to answer these next two topics because I am like, I, I feel bad that, uh, yeah, I'm coming down a, a little hard on this finale. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Uh, disappointment wise, um, for me, I, I think the show both wanted to examine the ramifications of power, but it didn't resolve it in a way that felt satisfying for me. Uh, without retreading too much, I talked about it last week how it felt like every solution to the problem at hand was more violent. Um, specifically, just brief overview, uh, Sharon killing Carly, um, uh, Zemo using explosions to kill the remaining Flag Smashers. It just it felt like the show was telling us one um, 
it was kind of it was like an optimistic view in one hand and then an uh, unfortunate reality in the other. And so oh, it was contradicting itself. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And so, you know, after episode four, we mentioned that the show and specifically episode four is the one that ends with uh, Walker murdering that person with a shield. I said that this show took everything we know about our, about superheroes and Zemo included and shook up the box of what we think we know. And it left me wondering if they would be able to put it back in place. And my answer is, unfortunately, I don't think they did. And to borrow a phrase that I think friend Daniel put uh, wonderfully when me and him were talking in our Discord uh, mentions, um, he said it feels like he was he was basically summarizing my point. But he says, I understand what you're saying about kicking the ball down the court. And that's what Mm -hmm. it feels like in the resolution of this show. You got nothing about trucks or... Okay. <laughs> hey, you're supposed to be the referee. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm. What I'm doing is I'm I'm mining for conflict. This is a, a thing that you do. So you're trying to get things out in the open so we can talk about them. He, I say it's more like one of those WWE referees where you like secretly hand over this, <laughs> the chair. <laughs> Well, see, when you said mining for conflict, I thought that this was this show was doing, trying to find something for Sam to do this entire season. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, okay, there the gloves come off. <laughs> Man. Man. Oh, okay. All right. Go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So Look, Sam, Sam did things. He just weren't happy with what he did. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. All right. He, you he, agreed he just, with me. He just, you're right. Like, if he didn't, he should have done his little turtle shell thing and let the truck mm. land on him and we were all good. Uh, Honestly, it would have been a little bit better. Anyway, Nick, uh, <laughs> what were your disappointments of the season? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> my biggest disappointment with this whole show was the redemptive or seemingly redemptive arc of John Walker. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they they brought him out as this charismatic guy. And from the beginning, from the conversation he has with um, Lamar and with his wife, you can see the um, you can see it all falling apart, like right away. Um, And then he has, you know, obviously that moment where he goes crazy. um, And then by the end, he's spinning around and and admiring his outfit. Yeah. He's like, I get to do it again. Like, it's um, it's me. um, It's me. It's like, dude, we know who you are. And it's not good. Mm-hmm. And like, even, you know, when he helped Bucky, like, you know, um, friend of my enemy is my friend. And I, I get that. And I thought I, you know, I, uh, this serves the purpose of the story moving forward and uh-huh. I get it, but it was too little too fast. I felt like, yeah. um, yeah. for that character. And cause they spent so long being like, he's crazy. He's unhinged. He's a murderer. Let's see what he can do with this new suit. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, uh, they just, it wasn't enough of a turn, you know, like even with Zemo, like with all the character development he had, he still blew up that truck at the end. You know what I mean? Like he still lives by the exact same code that he lived by before Bucky got a pass because of the history, but like Zemo is still the same character Mm -hmm. at his heart, you know? And so like for the whole John Walker character, whether or not he's going to be in um, the Thunderbolt Ross's characters or whether he's going to be antagonist, protagonist, whatever, like, I just felt like they left him with too much of a positive light mm-hmm. for everything that he had done mm-hmm. in those six episodes. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's fair. Yeah. And, and some to add what you said, Nick, because you and I are definitely on the same page. Uh, something I've been thinking about a lot uh, in regards to John Walker is go back to when, you know, Jude, you and I were talking about Iron Man and how so often we see Tony Stark being de- depicted as this misogynist and getting away with things that are clearly not right. 
And I think the first time we really talked about it was in that airplane uh, where he had the stewardess that were, you know, dancing on the poles and very dressed suggestively. And we mentioned it's okay to show a misogynistic character, like, because you got to get from a growth point. But I think the show has to know it's wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think you can, like, you can do a John Walker redemption story and show us getting to that path. But I think the show also needs to know he's in the wrong, too. And having him be buddy-buddy with Bucky or having him get his power and be excited about it by the end of the episode, that, to me, feels like the show not understanding its own problem. And that's Mm -hmm. where it fell apart for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, so that's that's what didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. What about um, you, Jude? I'm going to go with the power broker. Um, wow. It, well, I just, I didn't, I mean, granted, there's an element of I didn't want it to be Sharon Carter, so mm-hmm. that's just on me and my disappointment. Um, but what, it's Sharon Carter. So <laughs> in in that way, I don't know if they gained anything, in the, the, the secretive aspect of it. I don't know if mm-hmm. they gained anything from it. It felt unnecessary. And I feel like there's a lot of tension that they could have built up, especially thinking that last confrontation between a power broker and Carly and and everything, Mm -hmm. if we would have known sooner. Yeah. Rather than have the reveal there. Um, I like a good reveal, like a good, oh, wow, mind blown kind of reveal. And and I get that that's what they're going for. The But the evidence, it wasn't hidden well enough to have that, Mm -hmm. you know? And in that sense, it was like, okay, now you're just waiting. You know, I think I even said when talking about the finale, it wasn't fully revealed yet. But as soon as she sh- showed up, I was like, my heart sunk. It's like, oh no, she's here, um, mm-hmm. because you just knew that's the power broker, and this is going to be a problem. Um, so that's that's where I was disappointed. I wish they would have, um, because because the show dealing with power and and even saying okay they didn't resolve it in a satisfactory way you know for trey um he's right they dealt with different elements of power Mm -hmm. and i think you could have um and maybe sharon carter was the you know the well not maybe but but you're trying to pull off this behind the scenes power um Mm -hmm. but i just think there was a lot of tension they could have could have created amongst characters uh, that they just failed on. Mm-hmm. So when you say you didn't want it to be Sharon, did you don't want it to be Sharon because you liked the character or because you felt like that would be lazy storytelling? Uh, it felt, well, okay. So I'm going to say this. I think the storytelling made sense in that, okay, what happened to her after civil war? And that's the way you want to take it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her kind of becoming disillusioned. So like, like I get that, that made sense. It just felt like I think I think because they tried to play it as a mystery, it felt like it needed to be somebody else, mm-hmm. right? And and it felt like, oh, you're hiding it. It's a big mystery. You're setting us up for this big reveal, and so the payoff wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other place where I would say where they left tension on the table that 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 they could have used and built up mm-hmm. because she was jaded because of her situation you know it, mm-hmm. it makes sense that in that situation she was jaded and, and so and and i think that's where it was it, it was kind of a mix of both it's it's because i don't know if i've seen her enough to say oh i like that character mm-hmm. actually between winter soldier and civil war mm-hmm. right i think if you want it to fundamentally work as a mystery you do have to care about her like you said and i think you know she's 
she's had her moments in the movies, but because the movies are so quick paced and only a short, you know, two and a half hours now in contrast to what these Disney Plus shows can do, she's never really gotten enough. And that's what was supposed to be the purpose of these shows. But, you know, I wish that, yeah, I guess I'm just reiterating what you said. I wish they would have made us care about her first and get into a chance to, to, to have stakes in watching someone turn to the dark side, uh, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any character you would have liked to see brought back in place of Sharon to take, I mean, the same character arc and everything, but a character maybe you felt closer to coming into this that you would have liked to see them like swap, swap out for? Mm. Maria Hill. Whoa. Oh, see? That's great. That's, Dude. That would be it. Yes. The lightning strike you had with that answer. <laughs> you yeah. came out the gate quick with that. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone who we've seen enough of and you care about, mm-hmm. and we don't fully know what happened to her after Age of Ultron because she doesn't mm-hmm. show up again till Far From Home. But then there's the reveal that it's a scroll, right? So uh, there is that gap, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's why she came to mind. Yeah. Um, and you could have. Hmm, well, I mean, I guess they had to use Madripoor and set up Madripoor, but you could have used Maria Hill, not even gone to Madripoor, right? Because now mm-hmm. she's attached to, she's the power broker, but attached to the U.S. government in some way, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, and, and kind of playing on that role. Um, so that fundamentally changes the story. You lose the Wolverine Easter egg, you know, um, in, Ma- in, in Madripoor. And, and, and so I, re- I realize there's story, future story elements where you have to set that up. But that's that's why she comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best answer for me. <laughs> for me, Happy Hogan. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on. They're like, they're like, it may. <laughs> Uh, I I can't help but think of when Happy threw the shield and was like, "How does Cap do it?" And then to see him like roaming around as this intimidating power broker would be amazing. <laughs> you know, but no, well, I, uh, well, and and the other one I was honestly expecting was um, Justin Hammer. That was the that other one I was good. honestly expecting. Mm-hmm. The only that would have been a nice callback. That would be really cool. I just I don't I don't know if. It would would limit him to just Madripoor, but I don't know. I guess I just want any excuse to have Justin Hammer mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's almost like there was actually something good in Iron Man too, despite the fact that you guys tore that movie apart. <laughs> oh man, we were expecting a mediator. You've slipped in to take us down for our Iron Man two. <laughs> I gotta say. Thinking back on it, that might be one of the first times that I can remember of actually getting, I don't, I like, I mean, obviously we're friends and I appreciate the feedback, but a little bit of pushback because like right after we put that episode out, you text me and were like, you guys tore Iron Man 2 to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Apparently Justin Hammer was the one redemptive part about that movie. Um, that dance goes a long way. The dance goes a long way, but but the the oh I don't know which market is now. It's the the suitcase suit that oh, that yeah. helps. Yeah, that does help a lot. Yeah, and and um, I'm blanking on the name. We might have to cut this. What Why can't I think Flash of Thompson? Whoa! What that was a power broker. Okay, sorry. It would explain why he's always on his cell phone in Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I digress. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm blanking. Why can't I think of uh, Rhodey's actor's name? Uh, somebody can help me out here. Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle, thank you. I We just put out that in tag where I called him uh, Warhammer. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, no, Iron Man 2 gave us Don Cheadle. So that alone should be should be worth it. So yes, maybe we were too hard, uh, too hard on Iron Man 2. <laughs> A retrospective of a retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I might have to do after we're done with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But uh, did that moves us into our next point, which is, did Falcon and the Winter Soldier work for you? So, Nick, we've come back around to you. Uh, you know, going back to how kind of we started the whole thing, you know, coming out the gates out of WandaVision into this one, um, you know, with opening that sequence, the whole show with, all those punches. I mean, like mm -hmm. people are getting killed, things are getting blown up. I, you know, because I'm just that I, I love that kind of stuff. I was like immediately like, this is going to be awesome. And I remember, you know, watching it. I was like, the, by the second episode, it's just like, oh, this just feels like a six hour movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just going to pull these threads together. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, we could talk about some of the, the lower points as far as like in the storytelling and the medium of uh, a movie versus a show. Mm -hmm. But as a whole man boy did it ever work for me like i just really mm -hmm. looked forward to friday mornings mm -hmm. and, and and getting out of bed and going to the tv and watching it and just telling the whole family like hey i just need 45 minutes <laughs> I'll, I'll i will be a good dad and a good husband in 45 <laughs> minutes but for right now <laughs> um yeah and you know i yeah you guys talked a lot about like the banter between um sam and bucky and you know i i really loved that and trey i sent you this a facebook post i made or i think it was a tweet originally mm -hmm. um but it was from three years ago where i had posted man i would really love to watch a sam and bucky mm -hmm. like buddy cop movie mm -hmm. and you know i i got to watch that and so like the the banter really did work for me because i know you got so so little of it in the other movies but you know just um them in the car when uh cap and and sharon kiss or like that bit where they're fighting spider-man and he's like you know I, I just really hate you and like all that like built up to this for me mm -hmm. and um I, I just i loved getting to see them um act out their friendship more and i loved getting to see those two actors get a chance to to develop their characters more as they saw fit outside of the larger connected winter soldier uh infinity stones everything sort of the thing that we've been doing up until now so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know you mentioned the chemistry between sebastian stan and anthony mackie um i think i mean i'm sure there's a lot of moving parts that were in play but i think what makes this show possible is how much they develop that relationship between the two with so little uh, which is something they specifically highlight in the making of documentaries. Like they're really good together. And that's why we have what we have now. Mm -hmm. But uh, what about you, Jude? Did this show work for you? It did. Um, I think if it wasn't for the truck, it would have fallen apart. Oh. No, um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it did because the goal, right. Of mm -hmm. these Disney plus shows was to let us see these characters who haven't had uh, their solo movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, get some development uh, and see their story. And and I really felt like I got to get, know Sam mm -hmm. um, on his own. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with uh, Winter Soldier and get to know him on his own. And it kept with the MCU tradition of laying some groundwork for other things. So in that way, yeah, it it worked great for me, you know. I mm -hmm. and again, I was hoping that they took the like 
WandaVision's risk was conceptual um, right. mm. in terms of how it was shot, and then the villain was conceptual. Uh, the villain here, I don't think, was very clear cut. I feel like it was very conceptual too. This idea of of power, but I also think they took kind of a risk um, in tackling race head on. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, which I was thrilled to see that they were that they did that. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, so all of those things. Yeah, it, it really did work work for me. Mm-hmm. And Trey. Anyway, we'd like to thank you? Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> honest. I gotta be honest. I have been stuck. It, well, first of all, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you and say, okay. in Go fairness, ahead. I've been thinking about this. As much of a Captain America fanboy as you are, uh huh. This show honestly really had a high bar. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, as much as I tease you about the mm-hmm. truck even though it was such a great scene <laughs> you say tease i see being left out to dry so <laughs> okay anyways <laughs> sorry no but, but like but like as as much as there i mean that that the shield and the mantle and all of that means mm-hmm. so much to you mm-hmm. that they had a really high bar to cross in order mm-hmm. to to pass that mantle, and and I know we've talked about this, and, and you and I jokingly tease you about like oh, except Sam is Cap. I don't. That's not the problem. Like I, you know, and I I know that that's not the the issue mm-hmm. uh, there. But it, but so in fairness, it, it's like like I I started thinking about it in terms of like eventually we won't see Tom Holland and Peter Parker, and that mantle is going to be passed on to Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, crossing my fingers and that's going to happen kind of thing. And it'll be kind of similar, I would think, right, of, mm-hmm. of how how to do that. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse handled it very well, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it was all contained, whereas the story development you had of Steve Rogers over the course of 22 films and all the extra cameos he had, um, so in, in fairness, like it, it was a hard, it was a very high bar they set for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the caveats. Um, and, and no, and like, so I, I'm glad you said that because I would be, I would be really bummed out if my disappointment with the season gets misconstrued as like, I don't like Sam as Captain America. Cause that couldn't be further from the truth. I, I genuinely love the way they've handled the sentimentality of what Captain America is. I genuinely love the way they showed, um, I, I think you put it best at the beginning of the season, like how not taking the shield was Sam taking a knee and what mm-hmm. all that racial tension and history meant for a black man to take the mantle of Captain America. I thought they mm-hmm. did exceptionally well with that. Um, so to straight out say, no, this show doesn't work to me, feels like a disservice because I did cry a lot during Sam's speech. I did cry mm-hmm. seeing the way um, Isaiah and Sam connected in that um, episode five and the way the shield was tarnished with John Walker. Like it, those were incredible moments. Like I think, I think the story of this season for me is that the highs of the show were incredibly high, but unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, it hit some pretty low lows, which makes me wanting to go back for multiple rewatches, just not as enticing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, once again, I find myself at that conflicted point that I, I found myself at WandaVision. Um, I think WandaVision was a lot more consistent. Hmm. 
I will say no, only because the show bit off more than it can chew, which I think has just been a continuous theme that I've been beating this entire season. I don't mm-hmm. think the show did anything. Well, let me rephrase this. I don't think it had wrong intentions. I just think it didn't quite stick the landing for me. Right. Unfortunately. So, oh man, I'm a it's party okay. pooper in this one. <laughs> it's okay. You can't look. It's okay. Not everybody's gonna like everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it goes. I'm waiting for it. Waiting for what? The punchline. Where's it? Where's the dad? What punchline? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying not everybody's gonna like everything. That's just how it, how it goes. I don't. Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> oh man. But no, seriously, thank you. I I do appreciate the little caveat you had at the beginning of that. Yeah. Well, man, that uh, that feels like it wraps up. Nick, is there any stray thoughts you might have or things we didn't get to cover? Um, this can, this is like a, this could be totally cut from the pod. Cause it's just a, it's an interesting question I had after listening to the last episode, especially, um, your, the last pod you guys did. Um, cause I know you guys have talked about like the banter mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm. like between seeming, it felt like more ad-libbed and kind of was a distraction almost. And then in the last episode, you guys talked about what I like to call, um, Joss Whedoning something, whereas you take a moment and add a joke for no apparent reason mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. doesn't like need to be there at all. And, and, um, you guys were like, you know, like if for, for Bucky's comment when he was like, nah, I didn't hear it, you know, you're like, nah, that wasn't necessary. Why can't you just like let him have that moment? But then you guys praised the moment where Isaiah did the same thing to Sam Hmm. when he's giving him his moment. Mm -hmm. He's talking about like, you know, Malcolm, you know, whatever, you know, and then he gives him that really nice compliment. He's like, almost bought it. And you guys were like, oh, I loved that little jab that he put in. But it's the same jab that Bucky threw at Sam five minutes earlier. I'm going to think about that. So I was wondering like how how you guys are 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 thinking about like that lens because I, you know, um, is it. Is it funny because it's uh, the different character? Is it funny because it's it's an out of character thing for him? Or, or yeah, like what what were your thoughts there? I think that what you just said uh, there, the latter, the the out of character, mm-hmm. or or Isaiah acknowledging, you know, the effect Sam had on him, mm-hmm. or, or the mm-hmm. impact Sam had on him, and and that was that. So you see this um, development in Isaiah and that little subtle. Um, jab. That's my initial impression. I'd have to think about that some more. Because I I guess also, I don't know if I thought of that moment as the same as between Bucky and Sam. Um, But but I think you might be right. I need to go think about that. But off the top top of my head, that would be the difference. For me, I think we're kind of in the same place, but I I think I can stand a little more definitively on this limb. I think it is... um, Jude, to borrow what you said, I think it's a depiction of growth for Isaiah because we've seen that Isaiah is justifiably scorned. He's very curt and trying to push Sam out of his life. So when you get to this moment where Sam's opening up to him, the moment is very, very, not heavy, but it's poignant, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that's what we talked about last time. It was a very poignant moment to see Isaiah break for just a second and then cover it up with a jab. <laughs> that shows that like he's still scorned, but he's opening up. So that moment is, is built from growth. Bucky's feels more like a distraction. I don't think... Again, because we talked about in the episode, it feels like if I went out and gave a speech and the moment that I was away from the public, I know my buddies would rib me too. Like they would, that's just how (laughs) we treat each other. So it's not, it's not like it's unrealistic that Sam and Bucky do this. I think it's just distracting to the moment and serves no additive story purpose. 
So that's gotcha. that's the difference for me. Yeah. No, but I'm, it's a good question. I don't mm-hmm. have to think about that. That was cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. But Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon's king of that, man. Holy, oh my gosh. He is. And I say, if anybody else, uh, I'm curious. What, what, let us know, the Twitter, the Discord, uh, what you think about Nick's question and the distinction between those two moments. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining us, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for having me back again. Like, I just, I love getting a chance to sit down with you two. And I love, I look forward to it every week. It's part of my, um, my weekly podcast, like schedule. And I look forward to it every week, man. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me back. Uh, you know what? Th- hey, thank you for coming. And you are the famous flourish, Nick Sandy maker of the theme, but also the episode everybody just listened to this past Saturday, you edited. Yeah. 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 And, and so we, we appreciate you um, editing that for us and mm-hmm. uh, you know, with our, with, with our schedules and Trey uh, work, we were able to get that, that done. Um, Cause you offered it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Anytime. Seriously. I love helping you guys out and, whether it's writing theme songs or um, adding uh, the jingle, jingle bells, bells to the yeah. theme songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thank you, guys. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. So, of course, if you'd like to keep up and keep in touch with Nick Sandy, you can find him at Nick underscore Sandy on Twitter, at Nick underscore Sandy Photography on Insta, and, of course, www.soundcloud.com slash Nick underscore Sandy. And you can find a lot of great original work there, so you should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Now, as for us, if you want to reach out to us, you can always see us on Twitter and Instagram at mcneedtoknow on Twitter. Uh, or if you would like to write an email at mcneedtoknow at gmail.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us. Um, I think I think, I think Apple's still doing subscribe, uh, but I know it's switching over to follow. All the other ones are doing follow, so make sure you follow us. Uh, there it helps us you know have a larger conversation and the best thing of course share with a friend yeah and of course we'd like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song which (laughs) is his rendition (laughs) of the Avengers theme Uh, you can find more of his work which is linked in the SoundCloud and what we talked about earlier all right that's gonna do it so uh, thank you so much for listening Jude and Nick thank you so much for doing this thanks for having me thank you we'll see you all next week We'll see you all next week. Next week. week. <laughs> you have, I get, don't get me wrong. I get nervous every time we do an episode. I've never felt more nervous than when I went to thank you for the theme song because I have been on such a stretch of messing it up every week. I was like, I cannot mess it up in front of me. <laughs> Did we put we put the the one in tag? I don't think it got used. Where it was like he started to, to say thank you, Nick Sandy, and he stopped. He said nope, and I'm like not thinking Nick Sandy today. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. Not today. <laughs> not today, Nick Sandy. <laughs> oh man, that's wow. I didn't even like because I try and run through and like just mentally prepare myself for an episode, and I didn't even think about that until we just got to this moment. <laughs> Oh. <sighs>